story. We're going to dive into that in just a second, but I just want to—I just want to tell you something from me this morning. I'm very thankful for that story. I'm very thankful for that parable that Jesus told about a Pharisee who was of the most upstanding religious leader of that time. <laughs> and then he took a look at us, didn't he? He took a look at the tax collector, somebody, somebody normal or, or lowly. Um, we have a couple things that I want to get. O- I want to go over. Then I want to get into. I wanted to get today's sermon. First of all, I want to say welcome. Um, I hope you enjoyed the first sermon. What do you mean? Did I miss something? See, there are sermons that are preached by our people all the time, and by people that go to different churches. and And we have a we have we have a worship team that seeks to to speak God's word to you through music. And I'm not just out here saying it because you just saw me play guitar. If you were in here. I'm not just saying that. What I'm saying is that connection we will use the Word of God and the Word of God in song to preach about God's love. This is highly important. This is highly important because of whichever boat you find yourself in when we talk about this video. So welcome to the second sermon. There's actually four sermons a week. Two different services at Connection. Worship should move us. Uh, if you have your worship handout with you, that's the piece of paper that, that some people were worshiping and preaching a sermon before you came in. And they handed you one of these. Well, that's not preaching. I didn't hear them say... They probably said good morning. <laughs> it's better than, hi jerk. <laughs> Isn't it? Welcome. You're a part of our family this morning. Okay, We want you to feel comfortable. We want you to feel, hey, this is a place where God is seeking. The people here are seeking to have God move in their life. So if you have this... And you open all the way up to the middle. This is going to be one of the last weeks that we put this in here about our Kids Rock Leader position. You can read about that. It is a paid position. If you, if you uh, or somebody that has talked to me, uh, please come and talk to me today. I need to tell you what we need from you. Um, as, we, as we seek to find somebody uh, that God wants to fill that position with our kids, um, you can, it, it shows you a couple things uh, about what the Kids Rock Leader does. Um, but we can go into that a little bit further if you're if you're if you're really serious um, about it. Today's the third of July. Tomorrow on the calendar is just the fourth of July. But tomorrow in in America we get to celebrate Independence Day. It's not a date on the calendar. It's a it's a cool independence. It's a it's a separation and a, and a private freedom. It's a set apart freedom. We, that's a pretty good call with the first song. If you were in here, don't, don't miss it. Come early. Freedom is here? Wow. That kind of goes along with this week. <laughs> we have people that are, will wear American flags and they'll, they'll wave them outside of their, of their house celebrating an independence, a freedom. And listen to me very carefully. I have a very strong military family and I love this country. Love it. It's the greatest country in the world, okay? But no matter what happens up or down with this country, the freedom that I have in Christ and that you may or may not have, or you may have in Christ, is far greater than this freedom that we have in this country. See, we, we're literally set free from bondage by Christ. Because you and I left up to ourselves are really good people, aren't we? That is complete sarcasm at 9.30 in the morning, okay? You're not good. Neither am I. 
Just think about that. Remember, think about those closet doors in your life, and you open them up, and you're, they're the ones that you go, yep, still there, close it, and uh, then, we, then we beautify it on the outside so no one can see it, and we have this beautiful mask. Be, be warned. There are people at Connection that God has changed their lives, and they are willing to do this. If you ask them how they are, I hope you have five minutes, because they just might tell you how they are. And they just might not be great. Because connection is not filled with people that are always doing great. We have people that struggle. We have people that Satan attacks all the time. You know why? Because they're busy for God. <laughs> this morning we look at two men. We're going through this, the story of, of some parables that Jesus taught about. Um, this is the fifth one. And, and the title of this sermon is face up or face down. Now some of you that are with Connection, you think, oh, we're going to take face down this morning. Gotcha. Okay, we're not. <laughs> Alright? Face up or face down. This is, this is not talking about a posture. God is not worried about the posture in which you pray. Okay? This describes these two men and their, what they were trying to get accomplished. Before we jump into the scripture, we're actually going to be we're actually going to be before it says in your worship handout. But I just want to give you some background information. But I want to I want to pray for us right now. And you may think, wow, all they do with connection is pray. I'm not trying to waste time by praying. What I want what I want to do is I want to, I want to do this. I'm going to ask God, and the Holy Spirit is already here because we've already asked Him to come, and He is a, a God of His word, and He comes when we ask. Okay. But what I'm going to do is something that can be very, 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 very intentionally useful to you. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to talk to you individually. Not to me. Don't look at me and say, well, Matt says this, Matt says No. The Holy Spirit says to you as you listen today. This is difficult stuff. Very hard. I had no doubt this morning that Satan was going to throw... <laughs> you know, the Scripture says that he throws fiery darts, right? And he, and he tries to get in our way. This morning, it felt like I was in level 8-4 of Mario Brothers. Does anybody play Mario Bro? Come on. Who, play, who had one of those great boxes that said Nintendo on it? Come on. My people. Okay, alright, good. I'm glad that you know what technology is in 85. So... <laughs> Mario Brothers, Mario's trying, trying to save the princess and he goes to the castle. And you guys got to YouTube this or something. Watch this. And all of, the, all of a sudden you see this fire shoot at him. And scripture tells us of these fiery darts that Satan, you know, I, I don't have any holes in my clothing. I, well, yeah, I do. But it's not from fire. Okay, you, don't, you don't see these fiery darts coming at you. I had no doubt in my mind. That Satan would be coming and coming in full force because he does not want you to hear this. So what does he do? He attacks the messenger. And this morning there was a whole bunch of stuff, but guess what? You ready? You ready? You're listening really, really carefully. God wins every time. When we allow ourselves to say, hey, you know what? I messed up. I'm sorry. God wins. Grace wins. See, Sometimes we have a pride issue like we're going to talk about with this Pharisee. And it, it is tough. But I'm going to ask God's... I'm, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to literally begin speaking to you as you hear this message. This is not a magic trick. God says, ask, I'll send it. I just want you to hear... I want you to hear what God has to say. Not what Matt has to say, but what the Holy Spirit has to say in your life today. Pray with me. God, we thank you so much. 
for the countless upon countless upon countless times that we ask for forgiveness. And if we're your child, you do forgive us. God, for the thousands of first chances again that we've gotten. For the mess-ups and the the forgiveness. God, we just ask right now that your Holy Spirit come into this place and begin to encounter our hearts. Challenge us where we need... Challenge me. Challenge these people where we need to be with you. Face up or face down. God, what do you want from us? We just ask that the Holy Spirit begins to speak to our hearts this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, the, the worship handout says we start in verse 9. But if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and put verse 9 on the board. But if you have, if you have your Bibles, I want you to just sneak back to, to verse 1. If you don't have that, it's not on the screen. I just want to read this to you, show you where, a little bit of background, where Jesus is coming from. So we're in Luke chapter 18, verse 9. And while you turn there, I'm going to read the first eight verses. Jesus was telling this story to his disciples. But what I find cool is because the Bible is timeless, Jesus is telling you and I the story right now, today. It doesn't end. It's, t- it's timeless. It's perfect. Now watch this. Verse 1. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Already, some of you, God is beginning to just show you. you know, there's a guy in my life, a friend of mine in college, and I shared this story about a month ago, and I'm, I'm just hoping that one day Facebook will catch his attention, and he'll go to our website, and he'll archive a message that I talked about him. His name is John McCarroll. And every time I think about it, I don't do it every day, I'm not perfect, but every time I think about him for the last 15 years, I've prayed that God will bring someone in his life to show him Jesus' love, that he will become a follower of Christ. For 15 years. I'm not that old. I started when I was 20. The last time I saw him was 2001. And he left that May, and I haven't seen him face to face since. And before he left, I shared the gospel with him. I shared, John, dude, you don't have it all together. This guy is six foot three from Northern California, and he grew up playing sand volleyball. You tell me if he has all the answers with the, with the women. Yeah, he does. He had everything. He had a nice truck. He had girlfriends. He, had, he was popular. Listen, but he had a hole right here. And sometimes, as we go through this life today, we should always pray and never give up. Some of us, we want to give up, don't we? I'm never going to find that right job. I'm never going to find out what God really wants from me. I'm never going to quit fighting with my mate. I'm never going to do th- I'm never going to do this. And all of a sudden, Jesus is telling his disciples and us this morning, I'm going to tell you a story. In verse 2 in chapter 18, he says this. There was a judge in a certain city. Why does he say certain city? Cuz it doesn't matter, it's a story. Okay? And he said, "Who uh, this person, this judge, who neither feared God nor cared about people." In verse 3, a widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, "Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy." The judge ignored her for a while, but finally said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people. Right here we we find out his heart, don't we? This guy you want to go play golf with? I don't care about people. I don't care about God. Listen, he was just caring about himself, right? 
Don't, don't nudge your neighbor saying, well, you remind me of him. Don't, don't do that, okay? This is a guy that doesn't fear God, doesn't care about people in verse 5. But he said this, I don't care about women or, or men and I don't care about God. But in verse 5, this woman is driving me crazy. You've heard the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? Keep applying for a job. Keep seeking this. Keep seeking, keep seeking, keep seeking. This is what Jesus is asking them. I'm going to see, the judge says, I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. <laughs> she bugged him to death, didn't she? Okay. Please, please, sir, help me. Please, sir, help me. Please, sir, help me. Please, sir. Over and over. Do you have children? <laughs> do they do anything like this? You know, there's one, there's, there's two levels, whisper and whoa, loud. And, they, and their, their, their communication from this room in the house to this room in the house isn't walking, no walking, just yelling, right? Hey! They keep asking questions, keep asking questions, keep asking questions. Sometimes we need to be the same way, but not in that manner, but in God. We need to say, God, I need you to move in my life. Remove everything in my life that is not of you, and I want you to move in me so I can see what you want me to have. This is is difficult because pride gets in the way. Oh, boy. Contrary to popular belief, and I don't mean this to be negative or anything, pride does not just exist in men. That's not a shot at women. Just hear me out. We're all prideful people. We all are. We want it our way, don't we? Our way, when we want it, and what we want, right? In verse 5, he says, This woman is driving me crazy. She's always wearing me out with a constant request. And then verse 6, Then the Lord said, Learn a lesson. From this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God would surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Jesus was telling this. Even this guy that didn't even honor God with his life did the right thing because she kept petitioning him to give her that answer. And he finally did. And Jesus said, he said, even if this unjust judge can do this, Do you not think that an all-powerful, all-holy God won't listen to His people that cry out to Him? That's crazy. He says, that's nuts. That doesn't make any sense. Of course God is going to listen. Look at verse 8. I tell you, He will grant justice to them quickly, but when the Son of Man returns, how many will He find on earth who have faith? And there Jesus makes mention to Himself about His return. How many will I find faithful? How many will keep... Please come back next week. That is huge. How many will I find faithful? We're going to look at three parables next week that all have to deal with the same thing, although they look completely different on the outside. Some of you are like, wow, you already know what you're going to preach next week. Listen, I beg God... Tell me what I'm supposed to preach. <laughs> See, well, we, 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 should, we should beg God. Beg God for mercy. Beg God to, to move into our life. And if you have your Bible, we're going to be in verse 9. Look at these verses of Scripture. I'm just going to read through them. We am tell you the story. And we're going to go back and look at it. Look at verse 9. Then Jesus told a story. Second story. One chapter, second story. Okay, ready? 
Then Jesus told a story to some of those who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. In the video, you see Jesus walking through a marketplace. There's a Pharisee and he just calls him out. Okay? That's a Hollywoodized version. We do not know that to be true. Other than this, he told a story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness. If you underline in your Bible, underline own. Who had great confidence in their own. Not God. Their own. Pride. They were prideful people. Without nudging your neighbor, talking about somebody badly, or texting someone right now that you have a problem with, I want you to think about this. Is it easy to talk with somebody that's full of pride? Now be careful before you answer that. Is it easy for somebody to talk to you when you're full of pride? The answer is overwhelmingly no. It's very difficult. It's when you, when you submit yourself, when you submit yourself to, to self to any kind of leadership, it's very, very difficult. And Jesus was, was saying these words, look, and he, at the end of the verse, He says, in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. These are some of the most intense words Jesus ever speaks. No wonder Satan didn't want me to preach this message. New verse 10. Two men went to the temple to pray. This is not out of the ordinary. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee. Superhero religious guy of the day, okay? He, man, he's got the sweet outfit. Did you see that sweet outfit? Don't you wish we still wore that to church? I did a, I did a study of Leviticus in seminary. And, after, and if, you, if you know Leviticus, it's about exact measurements and offerings and, and gifts to God and what they had to wear. And our, and our professor, at the very end of it, he said, what's one thing that you're thankful for in 2016 that you don't have to do because of Jesus that they had to do in Leviticus? And I said, literally, I answered this on a test. I can wear jeans to church. I got an A. <laughs> okay? These people had all the nice stuff. They wore the gold. They had the, the, the outfits... And the other one, if you underline your Bible, underline this, despised tax collector. We'll get into who this is in a little bit. In verse 11, the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I'm not like these other people, these cheaters, sinners, and adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I don't even know this guy. He's a jerk, isn't he? In verse 12, he starts listing the things that he does. I fast twice a week. That's not eating in order to pray and have God listen to you. And I give a tenth of my income. He gives what the law said he should. By the book, this guy's got a resume that stacks up. Okay, look at verse 13. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. What kind of humility do you see just in that little piece of Scripture? He stood at a distance. Now this is talking about, he's in the temple. Jesus is still alive, so we still have what they would call the Holy of Holies in the temple. The presence of God. He said, I don't even want to get close to the presence of God. And and quite frankly, I don't even need to look up to heaven whenever I pray. Because I'm just useless without God. Hmm. Look, look at what he does to himself. Now, some, He's not playing Tarzan. I know that's in the theaters, okay? He's not playing Tarzan here, but look at this. 
He dared not lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful for me. I am a sinner. Now, this beating his chest, he's not, he's not Tarzan. What he's doing is he's saying, God, I'm not worth being able to talk to you. This level of humility is in the basement. He said, I, I am absolutely, I cannot think a right thing without you. I cannot do a right thing. I need you. Oh my goodness, where America would be if we would get on our knees and say that. Where would we, where would we be if we say every day we wake up and say, God, I'm nothing without you. How can I do my job today to glorify you? Where would you be? Where would we all be every day if we saw it like this? Verse 14 says, I tell you, this is Jesus talking, I tell you this sinner. Now wait a minute, weren't they both sinners? The answer to this is yes. Only one admitted it. The Pharisees, I'm good. I mean, he had whatever Jerusalem had with Nikes. I don't know. Okay, he, had the, he had the newest Jerusalem cruisers on. Probably looked a lot like these. Okay, Had the, had the robes, had the gold, had the, had the knowledge, had the teaching. Yet he would not confess anything because pride gets in our way. It's not a new sin. It's not new. These were literally some of the sharpest, strongest words that Jesus ever spoke. Now listen, right here in this verse, He says, I tell you this, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified. That means forgiven, in right standing. You have an altercation with someone. You say, hey, I mean, I really messed up. I'm sorry. That person sometimes says, hey, I really messed up too. I'm sorry. Can we get over this? Fine. Your, your relationship is justified. Now, this is God, so we, we sin and we say, God, <sighs> you ever had this conversation with God? Maybe I'm the only one. You ever had this conversation? God, my attitude is horrible. You ever had to, ha- you ever had to pray that? It's a good time, isn't it? No. Humility is not fun. Lowering yourself to say, yeah, I messed up. It's not easy. But he says, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So what Jesus said here is, this tax collector, who didn't try to get close, who didn't try to pray a loud prayer, he just said, God, forgive me, have mercy on me, I'm a sinner. While the Pharisees over there juggling bowling pins and, and preaching in Latin, which they wouldn't have known then. Okay, that's just a joke, but anyway. Um, no one... We'll just study that later. <laughs> if you have your worship handout, check it out. Check out the first blank. Look at this. How do you pray? This is a very intense... This is a very... If, you, if you're seeking God to speak to you this morning, this one is right at your face. It, it, believe me. I sit at home and I study this. And I go, I really don't want to say this. God, I really don't want to preach this. How about we talk about David and Goliath, which I really love. No. No. No, I'm going to challenge you. I, I don't... You ever, you ever talk to God like this? I'm not really big into being challenged today. Can we just wait? Can we have a vacation? Thank God He doesn't. See, how do you pray? I don't want you to circle one of these. I don't want you to text or Facebook somebody and say, well, you pray face up. You just pray like the Pharisee. And, oh, all these cool words. 
Don't think for a second that pride doesn't get involved if you say, Oh, I'm all the time with my face down towards the ground, lifting God up in prayer. Listen, this is just a question to get your mind thinking. How do you pray? Now, when we talk about how do we pray, I'm not talking about posture. This doesn't necessarily say, listen, here, you know, just so nobody attacks me after church, ready? God will still hear you no matter if your face is up or down. God will even hear you if you have a hat on or your eyes are not closed. Okay? If you're ever around kids, there's no way that God doesn't hear them pray. And, and you, know, you know kids like I know kids. They don't have their eyes closed. How do you know? You have your eyes open too. <laughs> and everybody's laughing because you've done that. Okay, so I'm not talking about a physical posture. I'm not, there are sp- specific places in Scripture where, where God has, has, has put people on their face. To, that's why we do face down. Abraham fell face down in front of God because he was so holy. See, how do you pray? It has nothing to do with your face and its position. It has everything to do with your heart. Everything. Everything has to do with your heart and your attitude. Look back with me in verse 9. Look at this scripture again. Two men... Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness. Now... This is not a place in Scripture where you draw a line and say, well, so-and-so has a trouble with this. So, no! No, this is not what Jesus is trying to get across. He's saying, listen, you can all associate with being right here. Everybody. Who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. In verse 10, look at this. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee was this. If you're taking notes and you want to you find out who this is, a Pharisee was a religious leader who bound themselves on being legalistic. Follow the rules. Grace doesn't matter. Follow the rules. See, here's the problem with a Pharisee. They had to follow over 600 laws and no one could keep them all. Yet, the ones that they broke, they were justified, so it looked on the outside like they had it all together. You ever done that? Don't answer that out loud. Hmm. They would justify all of theirs. Look at how verse 10 starts. Look at this. Two men went to the temple to pray. A Pharisee and a tax collector. In this geographical setting, in this time in history, you do not get more polar opposite of people. You don't. You do not get any... You have a highest religious leader and you have a tax collector. Now guess what? The despised tax collector, this is why he was hated. Despise is a nice word. He was detested. He wasn't liked. He didn't get any cards on his birthday. He was not... Okay, he probably had zero friends. This tax collector was a Jewish person who worked with the Roman government. Now watch this. Let's say you, everybody here is, is a, we're just going to make everybody upper class citizen. Ta-da! Congratulations, you have an upgrade. Higher taxes, I'm just kidding. Anyway, <laughs> and let's say your taxes, your taxes w- was, was, was $10. Now I'm the tax collector because my name's Matthew. Okay, now... <laughs> 
So your tax is $10. The Roman government says, okay, for however many people in here, you owe me that many times $10 to the government. Now here's how he was despised. You ready? Tax collector was probably very wealthy. You know why? Because any money he could get over the $10 from you, you didn't even know, the, you didn't even know what it cost. So I would go up to, to, uh, to someone, I would go up to Lee and I would say, hey Lee, uh, your taxes this year are 25 bucks." And he has to pay me. Why? Because I wrote for the Roman government. So he pays me. So I go to the Roman government. I say, here, here's 10 bucks. Now I got 25, right? 15's mine. Do you see how he could get the not liked status? No one's pushing anything like anything on Facebook for this guy. He's not okay with society. And this Pharisee and this tax collector, they both go to the temple. Whoa, 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 whoa. These people have more in common than we even think. They were both allowed to come to the temple. These are Jewish people. They're both the same. Same, same. Come to the temple to pray. I just... Do you ever read scripture and try to like put it into story form? So I'm thinking, okay, two guys walking to walking to the temple. They gotta be some cool stairs, you know? Like not like the Philadelphia Rocky stairs in the movie, but there's gotta be some cool stairs here. And they're walking up, and the tax collector's probably kind of like this, going up the stairs. He's going really slow. Listen, this Pharisee, he's probably running up the stairs, long flowing robe, and he touches the temple door and he goes, Boo! Don't go home and say, well, Matt, exaggerated scripture. I'm just trying to put this into story form. This is what he thought of himself. Or he got up to it and he wouldn't touch the door and say, would you please open it for me, a high religious leader of this time. This guy's a jerk. Okay, full, of, full of pride. He's full of pride. Just, just man. Look at verse 11. Look at this. So they get through the door. However, in the movie you want to play it in your head, they get through the door. Man. It upsets me because when we study Scripture and the Holy Spirit talks to us, I see myself in this story and it's not always the tax collector. See, you can see yourself here. He gets alone. He probably spreads his arms out. And he probably finds the biggest group of people. And when, 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 when a voice this much would, would be completely okay to pray, he probably prayed like this. Oh, great God. He stood by himself. The temple is made out of what? Echoing material. It's rocks. Okay? He would, it would have had greater projection. Than, you ever been to the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C.? It's just echo. You ever been to the train station, Union Station? They have the echoing arch. The, just all these booming sounds. He would have got, oh, great God, hear me. We're not told everything that he said. It's just a story. And then he goes in and he prays, I thank you, God, that I'm not like other people. This guy is a jerk. 
I thank you, God, that I'm not like other people. These cheaters and sinners and adulterers. And I'm certainly... He was probably in the middle of the room doing this. The tax collector was over here, probably trying to hide in a corner completely by himself without a group of people. You know why he didn't have a group of people? Because no one would probably pray with him because he was a scumbag in their social context. They hated him. I can't even believe they let him in the doors. But this Pharisee would get in this, and he, he probably got to right here. He'd go, I'm so glad I'm not a cheater or a sinner and an adulterer, and I'm telling you right now, that man had committed all of those sins. And then, and then he looks over and he says, and I'm certainly not like that. He probably pointed. Certainly not like him. Looking at Scripture like this is not easy all the time because you're not always where you want to be in the story all the time, are you? If you let pride puff you up and put you on a different pedestal and do, and do different things, this is you. Well, I would never do that. Look at verse 12. Then he starts listing out resume material for the whole temple to hear. I fast twice a week. I bet you only fast once. And I give a tenth of my income. Why does he say a tenth? It's the Mosaic law. It's exactly what Moses said to give. He says, I I do everything that I'm supposed to do. Basically, I'm the man. I'm probably, I'm good looking. And I have everything going on that's right. And look at your worship handout. This guy was suffering from serious self-righteousness. He would rather, before we get to this, he would rather tell everybody how good he was than to tell anybody that he needed help. Now look at this. Some of you know this. Many of you have mentored with this verse. You know exactly where it is in the Bible. You know what? I need to hear this verse about 78,000 times per day. You know why? Because your mind, you can't control it, can you? Oh, I'm going to do this today. How many, how many times have we said, I'm going to do this, and you don't even come close to doing this, and rather you go over here? <laughs> Case in point, you ready? I'm going to go to McDonald's because I've seriously been dieting really good for four hours. You and I have all broken that, haven't we? I'm not, I'm not going to eat Krispy Kremes anymore. And you go by and the red light <laughs> is on. And you can't control your turning signal or your hands. And you pull right in there and say, I would like not one, not two, but I would like three dozen. Because I've been on a diet for four hours. You can justify anything, but be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. Here's the deal. The Pharisee didn't have anything negative to think about himself in public. He probably did in private. He probably knew. He did have to. He knew deep down, man, I'm telling people that I don't break this, and I do. Hypocrisy. Again, I talked to my uncle yesterday. We, we, did, some, we did some work over at our a family's building that we have. And I said, hey, you, you guys should come over. <laughs> you, have to, you have to know my uncle. Well, <sighs> not a big fan of church. My uncle grew up in church. He said, I, I was tired of seeing the same people that I saw Saturday night not speak to me on Sunday morning. And we were in the same place Saturday night. And then we were at church on Sunday morning. And he said, they wouldn't talk to me, yet we were doing the same thing on Saturday night. That's hypocrisy. And I said, hey, sweet, I get it. You want to come to a church full of hypocrites? 
He goes, what? I said, no one in our church gets it right. We all say that we want to do something, and we all break that. I said, would you like to come to a church full of all of them? Well, he had no answer. Well, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Then he said, I'm, I'm busy, I'm going to mow, and I'm thinking there's a chance of rain. He's just, you seen that commercial where, the, where they're trying to get out of doing the life insurance, and they're doing all these things, and he's got the vacuum bag, and he's shaking all over the living room. He goes, oh, I'm vacuuming the living room. We'll, we'll do anything to justify getting out of something. Look. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. How you think will impact your life. Look at how differently these guys thought. Look at verse 13. But the tax collector. Now remember I told you it had nothing to do with your posture. But look at this. The tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Look at, look at just this picture of humility. Not only did he stay at a distance. Why? I mean, I'm not worth it. I just need to be in the same building, know that the presence of God is up there, and I'm going to stay right here. And then, he didn't even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. This is utter humility. God... I know that I keep messing up. We've been there. I know that I, I, I cannot get anything. I just cannot get things right. Maybe you procrastinate. Maybe, maybe you suffer with an addiction. Maybe, maybe you say, God, I would really like to give you this part of my life, but I'll... In a minute. <laughs> maybe go on a spiritual vacation for a little while. See, th- this guy literally just stands there and he says... Oh God, look at this. He beats, he beats his chest, probably like, like this. Oh God, be merciful to me, for I'm a sinner. Look at verse 14. And he says this. This is Jesus' word. He says, I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee. Now, you're... The Pharisee has the resume. The Pharisee should get it. He does everything right. Listen, he tithes. He does his sacrifices right. He does does everything he gives to the temple. He fasts. Does everything that the law says. But he won't admit anything. See, that's that's the problem. But he says, this sinner. Jesus doesn't even call him the tax collector anymore. Do you see how low this dude is? Guess what? That's you and I. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified, forgiven. Now, what you, Jesus told this in the company of a Pharisee. How do you think they took it? Pfft. First of all, they didn't believe that Jesus could actually forgive sin, so they, they really just they thought he was just blowing smoke again. And they said, "No, wait a minute. How how did the Pharisee not get forgiven? Yet he does all this stuff, and all the tax collector did is go." God, I'm not a good person, and I need you to have mercy on me. And he's forgiven. <laughs> and Jesus goes on. Verse 14, I say, This sinner, not the Pharisee, return home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. See, the tax collector stood at a distance. 
feeling unworthy to even get that close. See, here's the deal. When you and I understand, when you and I understand in the grand scheme of God and everything, when we understand that we are absolutely one million percent in trouble and will fully inherit hell without God's help, when you understand how messed up your life is, now, you think, well, that's... You don't even know. My life's not messed up. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You're at a very real church with a pastor that say, I didn't have a great week. But I had a week that when I submitted to God and I submitted to different things, He forgave me. Other people forgave me. Wow. You had to seek forgiveness this week? Yeah. Did you? Or maybe you should have and you didn't. See, we're all messed up. We're all messed up. But this freedom that I speak of, this justification coming from God, means I'm going to humble myself, God, before You. And I'm I'm nothing without You. I'm nothing. Until we have that attitude. Until we have this attitude of that we, that we can do nothing. We can do nothing to earn heaven. We can do nothing that honors God without God's help. Listen. Your marriage is going to struggle. If you want to always be right, you come to me, you do that for one week, and you come back and you tell me how well that works. Let me tell you something. Trying to be right for the first two or three years of my marriage almost cost me to lose it. You can't do this. If you've been married for any time at all, you understand that you have to work. It's not 50-50. I tell people this that I counsel before they get married all the time. If you think it's 50-50, you're done right now. Sometimes she picks up 180 when I'm only doing 20%. If it's not a full engrossment of both people. If you can't communicate. If you can't go to... I went to her this morning. (laughs) This is just our personality. We said, hey, I was an idiot. I'm sorry. (laughs) Now some of you are going... Yeah, and I would have said, yes, you were. No, she didn't. You know what she said? I'm sorry too. <laughs> you know why? Because we know that we're not standing in the middle of the temple with our white robe on going, oh, I'm perfect. <laughs> it's the seeking of God on our knees, on our face, with our children. God, teach us. We're nothing without you. We need, we need you to move us. We need you to teach us. When you realize how small you are and how much you need God you won't get it when we allow pride to get in our way we won't get it look at your worship handout look at this now I know some of you are thinking oh the blanks aren't on this one there's two slides it's okay now look both the Pharisee and the tax collector believed in God the same one Look, the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The difference between these two men is this. Look at this. The Pharisee thought he could please God on his own. The tax collector knew that he couldn't. He knew it. I'm messed up. You ever had a day? You ever had a day that you were just completely, entirely for a 24-hour period? You just tried to thank God for everything that he did for you? Do you know what? I would make a very, very strong guess that you never ran out of things to say. I can see, I can walk. It goes on. Please, 
The Pharisee thought we could please God on his own. The tax collector knew that he couldn't. Listen, you're sitting in an environment this morning. You may be, you may be sitting beside someone that doesn't have it all together. You know what? That's awesome. Because they know where to go. Because they don't have it all together. We need Him. We need God to move. In a second, I'm going to invite you to do something. A couple more minutes and we're, going to, and we're going to dismiss. But I have something that is really, really important. It's going to challenge you. Some of you won't do it. I already know that right now. Some of you will not do this. You'll say, mm, mute button. I don't want to do this. This is not important. Okay. Try it sometime this week when no one else is around. I want to invite you to do something this morning. I'm going to have you pray with me. There's not going to be a single sound in this whole place to your head. So this is this, I say that to say this. Don't pray out loud. Other people will hear you. It will get embarrassing. Okay? To yourself, I'm going to ask you to pray. We have hurting people. Maybe your marriage is hurting. Maybe there's illnesses. There's illnesses with people in our church right now. You don't have to know them. You just say, God, I know who Matt was talking about. You know who he's talking about. I pray for them. Just pray for them. Okay? People in different states. People in all over the place. God asks us not to come into a place and say, Look at me pray. He wants us to come into a place and say, God, you're all I need. Pour it out on me, dude. Really? He said, God says, empty your life and I'm going to fill you up with me. Oh, what would America look like if we did that? But what, what, what will some of these people in here this morning look like as we leave when we do that? For the next few minutes, I'm just going to ask you to pray. Minutes? <gasps> I've never prayed over ten seconds. It's okay. Sometimes we talk too much and we don't let God speak. Sometimes we don't, we, sometimes we want to be prideful in our prayer. God, just let me talk. Careful. Careful. There's sickness, there's marriages, there's relationships. Some of you, after this service, need to go find ever, whoever you're dating or married to, and you need to go up and give them a great big hug, and you need to kiss them, and you say, I'm sorry for being a jerk. And however you put that. That's how I put it to my wife. I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. Go to those people. Maybe they're here. Go to those people saying, you know what? I'm sorry, I messed up. I'm sorry. Take the pride and throw it out the window. We're nothing apart from Christ. Nothing. We're nothing apart from Him. He doesn't want the splendorous prayer with the many words. He just wants something. Man, I love that song that we did last month. Lift your head, weary sinner. Just lift it up. Hey, can you imagine that song being related to this story? God's going, hey, listen. I see you over there, tax collector. Just lift up your head. Just look at me. Because I want to talk to you. If you would, right now, I just want you to bow your head. We're going to pray for a couple minutes. You just tell God. Just pour out yourself to God.
God, we, we just want to say that we love you. As people continue to pray, I just want to not add a whole bunch of useless words, but God, just to tell you thank you. The fact that we can even communicate with a perfect God is beyond my comprehension. The, the fact that we would have a God that's perfect, sent His perfect Son to die for my stuff and the stuff of this world is just beyond explanation. And God, we suffer from pride. I suffer from pride. People in this room suffer from pride. I ask God that we begin as we serve you. God, that we find ourselves in a corner like the tax collector. And we just find ourselves on the floor, metaphorically, God, with our, with our hands lifted and our head bowed. And say, God, I'm a sinner and I'm in desperate need of grace and mercy. Maybe there's people that need to ask for forgiveness. Thank you, God, for the, for the making new of relationships that have happened with me this week. Thank you, God, for what you do, what you're doing, what you will do. God, give us excitement about celebrating Independence Day tomorrow. But God, let us have the excitement every day that we can be set free by your Son. There's freedom in you. In your name we pray. Amen.